0: What's up, youth? It's Pastor Aaron. Stoked to you guys to listen to this message. Check it out. All righty. Good morning. I just looked up at all you guys and got so happy just seeing so many of you in here on a Sunday and just smiling and talking, and it, it literally just made me smile. So thank you guys for just blessing me by being here today. Truly, you guys, you guys make me so happy. For those of you that don't know me, I think most of you guys do by now. My name's Christina. I'm with the high schoolers. Um, I'll be at camp, so if you can, make sure you can go, but I'm just super excited to be here spending Sunday with you. Um, It's a nice day out. We got spring break next week, right? One more week, and then we're good. We're on spring break, and then it's just like a quick shoot from there to summertime, so life's going to get real good. Everyone say that. Life's going to get real good. Yes, the warm weather, pool days. Oh, that's what I'm excited for. Well, let me open up in prayer, and then we'll We'll see what God wants to say today. Lord, thank you so much for just the blessing of being here with your people, with your children, with leaders, God, to to spend time with you, God, to to speak your word, Lord. I pray that you would give us a heart to receive, God, to receive the wisdom that you speak through me today, Lord. And it's all for your glory, God. I just pray that every word I say would be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Say it. Amen. Perfect. All right. Well, the title of the message is Why Wisdom? And it seems pretty obvious because we don't want to be foolish, right? Why wisdom? We want to walk this life and we want to live this life well. So wisdom, what's the opposite of wisdom? Opposite of being wise is being foolish, acting in foolish ways, being known as a fool. And that's really what the book of Proverbs in the chapter 26 is all about, it's all about the fool, the nature of the fool, dealing with the fool, the outcome of the fool. We see in Proverbs 26.1, like snow in summer or rain in harvest, honor is not fitting for a fool. So what is the recognition of a fool? It's certainly not honor. So what's the opposite of honor? Disgrace. There's, there's no value coming from that person. And then we see in Proverbs 26.7, like the useless legs of one who is lame is the proverb in the mouth of the fool. So the lame man had legs, but they didn't work. The fool had a mouth that worked, but the results were the same. There was no value from either. And so I don't want to be a fool and I don't want to be a person coming against God's word that has no eternal value, right? Because we know there's two types of wisdom in this world. There's earthly wisdom, And there's godly wisdom. And I want to be someone that walks in godly wisdom. And just the fool is someone who rebels against God's word, who comes against his truth. And a fool doesn't mean you're not smart. How many of you guys know really smart people that do really dumb things or say really dumb things, right? I think the last couple years we've seen a lot of really, really smart people making really, really foolish decisions. And I don't want to be like that person. I want to be, I want to have knowledge and I want to be smart in my craft, but I want to have the wisdom of God. And the good news today is that God wants to give you that wisdom. James 1 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And I love the message version. If you don't know what you're doing, Raise your hand if there's times where you don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing, like, every day. I'm walking into a work meeting. What am I going to say? I'm doing this. I'm going to the grocery store late. What am I getting, God? Like, give me wisdom. Help me make this this quick. And God wants to help. So if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help, and he won't won't be condescended, meaning he won't look down on you for asking for help. And so I talked a little bit about earthly wisdom versus godly wisdom. And you know it's earthly wisdom if the fruit of it, if the things that come out of it are things acting out of jealousy, putting yourself before others in an unhealthy way, selfish ambition. And Paul even says that kind of wisdom is actually demonic. When everything's about you and everything's about putting yourself before others and every decision you make is out of your emotions and your feelings, that is not godly wisdom. So what's godly wisdom? Godly wisdom is wisdom that comes from heaven. It's first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. And I love in the day-to-day when God just drops wisdom in me. And it's always, I use the example of when I was driving in last service, like when I'm just having one of those days, have you guys ever just had one of those days where you wake up and you're like, it's going to be one of those days. I truly just woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. And I just know it. I'm, I don't want to speak that over my day, but it's, it's going to be one of those days. And whenever I'm driving in one of those days, it's just I get so annoyed. If someone's going too fast, I'm like, where are you going in such a hurry? Like, you know, slow down. Or if someone's driving slow, I'm like, why are you driving so slow? Get out of my way. Or my favorite is when I'm at like a four-way stop and everyone's just kind of staring at you, but the person across from you is really nice, and they let you go, and I'm still annoyed. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go. And then I just hear a whisper like, Christina, they literally let you go before them. Like, why are you so angry? Why are you so mad? Or when you're texting a friend, and things get taken out of context, and you see those bubbles popping up, and you're ready to just fire it off, but then you hear that voice that says, just put the phone down. Like, give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's not what they meant. Right? Those are little tidbits of godly wisdom. Don't discount those peace filled thoughts. That is godly wisdom. And so, when we're talking about the book of Proverbs and we're talking about wisdom, we have to mention and talk about Solomon. He was the author of Proverbs, he was known as the wisest king. And so, Solomon, as Aaron had mentioned a couple weeks ago, was the king of Israel. He came, he was a son of David. And right when David is getting ready to pass away, he tells Solomon this, as he's going to transfer the kingdom in 1 Kings 2, 2 through 3. Be strong, act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Right? Do this and you will prosper. So here's a tip. If you want to prosper in this life, obey God. God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. And that's not the prosperity gospel. That is in the Bible. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you good things. He withholds no good things from you. And that doesn't always mean cars and houses, although it could. God's not against you having a big house or a nice car. But that means peace, healing, deliverance, friendship, spouses, a good life. God wants to bless you. And the key to that, the key to unlocking, I hate to use that word, but the key of stepping into some of those blessings is truly obedience. And I think sometimes we don't like the word obedience. Obedient just sounds kind of like my dog's obedient to me. Like my animals are obedient. Like why do I need to be obedient? But it's a good thing. God sets these commands in place so that we can walk out the life that he's called for us. Obedience is a good thing. It's for our good. And so the next chapter, Solomon becomes king. And it says in 1 Kings 3:3, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father, David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. And I was reading this in 1 Kings and I was like, Shoot, there is the downfall of Solomon right there. That is the first place in scripture, or that I saw at least, where his heart was truly divided. And you might be wondering, what, what does that mean? Well, back in those days, thousands of years ago, the high places were where people would go and they would sacrifice to these demons and deities and false gods and burn incense and just this really wicked stuff on these high places. And even today, you go into certain places in certain countries, there's still places where people go to the high places and curse regions and put stuff on regions. So there's something about the high places. And God did not want to be worshipped in this high place. Although Solomon probably was worshipping him, that's not where he belonged, worshipping him. And so in 1 Kings 3, 7-13, bear with me here. Now, now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, Nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And what I love, kind of like the parallel here, is Solomon didn't ask for the stuff, he asked for the wisdom. And the stuff came through the wisdom. And what I mean by that is sometimes God wants to place you in places of leadership and authority. And he wants to bless you and prosper you. But you have to have a heart that's going to be able to handle it. You have to be able to steward these blessings well. And although Solomon had a divided heart, God still blessed him because he, he asked for wisdom. He, he wanted to do God's will. He did love the Lord. He did fear the Lord. But it came down to that exception that divided heart, and, and God blessed Solomon amazingly in immense ways. He built the first temple. He was the wisest king. He had massive, a massive palace. There was even a queen that came to see him just so she could test him and ask him questions, and, and she was just blown away by his answers, but the exception. Solomon took many wives, up, up to 700 wives, who led his heart away from the Lord, and you're not gonna take 700 wives, I know that, but there's things in your heart, there's division in your heart, all of us, that lead us away from the Lord. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's the crowd you're hanging out with. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something, the root of something in your life that you have not dealt with because it hurts. And if there's division in your heart and there's a place in your heart that you're not fully surrendered to God. And we see just a little seed, just a little of exception, led to the downfall of Solomon's kingdom, and I don't want to be like that. I want to give the Lord all of my heart. I want to be like David. I want to give him an undivided heart and give back to him whatever I was not supposed to have, and so going back to Proverbs, Proverbs 26 11, it talks about sin, and as a dog returns to its vomit, fools repeat their folly and it goes, it talks about referring to returning to past sin, and there is a cost for that, right? We're covered in grace. We see the first instance of God's grace when Adam and Eve eat from the forbidden tree, and they get kicked out of the garden, and and what does God do? He clothes them, and so even when we make mistakes, and, and we run into sin, God will clothe us with grace and strength to overcome that, but on the other side of that, there's a consequence, and there's consequence for sin, and I want to walk in wisdom. I don't want to let pain. And sometimes God will let you walk in these situations so that the sin brought, the consequence was so painful. We were suffering, you were low, it was painful, that you will never go back to that. And that's a really hard way to figure that out. But I want to walk in wisdom so I don't have to to suffer and be in pain to do the Lord's will, to know what he wants me to do, to stay away from temptation. And the other thing I will say is, you know, this, this, a lot of this era is about knowledge and, and finding the truth. And But what is the truth? And where do I find wisdom? And be really careful where you're seeking wisdom from. The one place you should be seeking wisdom from is the Bible. And then through that, godly counsel. And you need to get with the right people. Don't go to the stuff of this world to look for wisdom. I'm telling you guys, I know of friends of mine that go to psychics. Because they're so distraught and wondering what's next. They go to the dark side and I tell them, I say, you know that stuff's real, right? That's a you're tapping into a really dark entity there, and, and they just don't get it. Or, you know, astrology, your horoscope, it's really, it seems really innocent, but it's not. It's an open door. It's you're gonna get, you're gonna be led astray, it's gonna cause confusion right? Astronomy is fine. It's the study of the stars. But astrology, when you start leaning on the stars to guide you, it's, it's demonic. It's not of God. It's not godly wisdom. So be careful where you're seeking your wisdom from. It should be straight from the Bible. God will speak to you. And so why wisdom? The title of the message, why wisdom? Wisdom is needed because every choice you make in this life is, has an impact, right? I wish more than anything I was at your place in middle school and high school, sitting in these chairs so I could make the right choices the next 10 years. I had to learn the hard way. But the choices that you make now matter. The wisdom that you walk in now matter. And of course, we're going to fall short and not everything is going to be perfect and we're going to make mistakes, but the day-to-day choices matter. Let your no be no to the things that are not of God and let your yes be yes to the things that are because it matters, even if it seems insignificant, right? Even if it's just... You're at a party, but you're not drinking. Even if you're hitting the vape, but it's not weed, so you're not really getting the high out of it, but you're still kind of in the mix, right? Those small choices matter. God sees it. He sees the lack of obedience, or he sees the obedience, and it matters to him. And God's not looking for perfection, but God is looking for a heart after his. And unfortunately, Solomon didn't have a full heart after God. And so Aaron talked about kind of the fear of the Lord last week in you know, Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the first part of being wise is fearing God, having, a, having an honor for him, having a reverence for him, knowing that the breath in your lungs right now is from God. If you're on this earth right now, God has been sustaining you. God has a purpose. He made everything. Let's not lose the reverence of God. Even though he seems far away, he's truly not. He's truly not. And so I want you guys to walk on the right path. And as I was kind of prepping for this, I just felt like, you know, the path kind of does, you know, that leads to the narrow gate to heaven, which is Jesus. The path as you walk this walk and you get closer to the Lord and you grow and you get older, this path seems to get narrower and narrower. And what do I mean by that? you first get saved and you first start going to church or maybe now you know God asks you to to turn off the music or to get rid of the movies or whatever and then you do that and then the next step comes are you going to go to that party that people are drinking at or you drank at last weekend high schoolers probably not middle schoolers but are you going to walk on the next step that gets a little narrower are you going to take a step when your friends ask you what you think of gay marriage are you going to Are you going to take the wide path or are you going to keep stepping on that narrow path? And let me tell you, it gets narrower and narrower. And that's why wisdom and the fear of the Lord is so important because it doesn't get easier. But God sustains you. He'll clothe you with the strength. And you'll be like, whoa, like I did that. With God, I did that. And it's beautiful. And just in closing, and it's funny that Aaron had mentioned this in his opening, but, you know, there's a quote that says, It's easy to fall in love, but it's not easy to stay in love, and it's so true, right? With God, we have a relationship, and just, I I don't think I've shared my testimony in quite a while here, but I grew up going to a Christian school, and I remember, like, pledging my purity to the Lord, and I wanted to live for him, and then high school came, and college came, and all that kind of was in the back seat, and I remember getting home from college and just thinking, I want to explore that again, like, I did all the stuff. I still feel like something's missing. Something's not complete. Why? Because we were made for a relationship with God. And so I was thinking, where am I going to go to church? I want to get back into this. And what did I remember? I remembered summer camp when I was your age. I went to East Bay Fellowship summer camp two years in a row. Got rocked by the Lord. I got baptized both years. Just fell in love. And I never forgot that little seed planted in me. That's why I'm so, I love camp so much because kids get totally transformed by the Holy Spirit, and even if they walk away the next couple years, I know that God did something in their heart, and there's a full chance of them coming back to the Father. But anyways, I went into worship, and it was like the first time I walked into the sanctuary, and I was worshiping, and I was just overcome by the Lord. I wasn't used to his presence i wasn't used to to feeling him and it wasn't emotionalism but it was my my soul connecting with the lord and and it was a first love it was ignited again and you know for the first year you're just everything's cool everything in the bible is new every verse is like whoa that's speaking to me and you're just in this infatuation phase with the lord and then what happens life happens waiting seasons happen suffering happens disappointments happen right? And that that flame starts to dwindle a little bit if you don't take care of it, if you don't fan the flame, as they say. And there's a a book called The Secret to Love That Lasts, and it talks about five love languages between partners, and it can even be, I think it's just for partners, but, and I, I heard a sermon on this, and it just, it changed my perspective. We're always, you know, God knows how to love us. He knows how to show us love. He does it every day, but How can I take this egocentrism thought in my mind and change it back to, yeah, but how can I love God? How can I reciprocate this love for God that he shows me every day and it takes me out of the center and puts God back in the center of it? And John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show them to myself. How does God feel our love? There's other ways. There's worship. There's prayer. There's thanksgiving. But by keeping his commands and being obedient, we show him that we love him, right? He is a good father. He has good plans for us. Why would we not obey him? Why would we not be in reverence to him? And I don't want to let my disobedience, you know, you know we're going to fall short, but I don't want to let my intentional disobedience caused me to be disqualified from what God wants to do in my life because he can't trust me with it because there's places in my heart that are divided. I don't want to be like that. I want God to have every place of my heart. And if he doesn't want me to have it, I don't want it. And so just in closing, let's walk in the wisdom of the Lord. Let's be obedient. Let's not discount those little acts of obedience because I may not see it, Pastor Aaron's not going to see it, but God sees it. God sees when you turn that off. God sees when you say no. God sees when you're praying in the spirit not to be tempted and for him to lead you out of it and you leave the place you're not supposed to be. God sees that, and there's reward for that. It's not for nothing. God has reward. God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you in this lifetime. He wants to give you good things. And so let's honor him back and let's love him by walking in obedience. Let's be wise. Let's walk this walk of faith as best as we can. And let's finish strong. Let's not be led away in the day-to-day and in the last days of our lives, but let's be strengthened. Let's, when, I, you know, when I meet Jesus, I want the flame of my love for him to be bigger than ever. I want to fan that flame. And I want to be used by God. And I want you to be used by God. And I know that you will. I'll close in prayer, and then we'll we'll lead into worship. Dear Lord, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you that you give wisdom generously for our benefit, God, so that we can perform your purpose here on earth, God. You don't need us, Lord, but you want to use us. Give us discerning hearts, God, so that we may know your will. And God, give us courage to match the wisdom, God, courage to walk out, Whatever you're asking us to do, Lord, we love you, we worship you, we praise you, and we just want to give you more of ourselves, God. Those areas of our heart that are hardened, that are divided, that there's that one exception, God. Speak to that right now. Ask God, what's that exception in my heart? What's that one thing? And pray about it. Ask him to to come in and soften that and deliver you from that because he will. I've seen it. He does it to me all the time. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. In your name we pray. Hope you guys got a ton out of that message. I know I did. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church, YTH. Subscribe to us on YouTube or Spotify by searching The Rock YTH or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. See you next time.